You know, anybody can get up here and sing. Well, almost anybody can get up here and sing. But it's so much powerful when you know the person that's up here singing it and you know the, their story. And, uh, man, I'm so proud. Kenny, proud of you. Ladies, unbelievable. Lillian, middle school. Brooklyn, middle school. Rose, 10th grade. Katie, that was leading, middle school. Era Boyd, middle school. Rain, middle school. And I was just sitting there. I was like, there's no way I could have done that while I was in the middle school. Well, I still can't do that. Man, wasn't that awesome? All right, I'm sure you've heard this expression before. Uh, Either you've heard someone say it, or you may even said it yourself while you're in a conversation. Someone may say this, wait for it. And what they're saying, they may stop in the middle of a conversation. And it's usually used when someone is about to say something they think is funny, interesting, exciting, or surprising. I want to show a video. Just show the sheep one. Oh, y'all ain't got it. All right, we ain't going to show it then. All right. If you got your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. And uh, this, uh, we're going to look at one verse this morning. And I, I cannot read this verse without Larry Williams' voice in my mind. And if you've been here when he sung this song, Those who wait upon the Lord. If you were here, he sung it two or three times. And every time I read this verse, I got Larry Williams singing it to me over and over and over. All right? Um, Isaiah 40, verse 31. This is written by the prophet Isaiah. Just to give you a little context about the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah is considered a miniature Bible. Uh, Chapters 1 through 39 is looked at kind of like the Old Testament. And it's, it's a picture of God's judgment and his warning of sin if people don't repent. The New Testament, uh, chapters 40 through 66, is kind of a picture of the New Testament uh, in Isaiah. And it speaks of God's grace, redemption, and deliverance. Uh, this book was written during a time of political decay. Uh, The neighboring nations were at odds with Judah. And they were trying to destroy Judah. Uh, And Judah, instead of living like God told them to live and to carry out life like the Word of God says, they tried to play politics. And they tried to avoid going to war by putting neighboring nations against each other Instead of going to war, and sometimes Christians, we just got to go to war. We are in a war. Life is a battleground, and we cannot forget. We can't tiptoe through the tulips. Now, the church is to be a safe place for people to come who are crippled, the people who are come who are hurting, people who are come who have baggage. But we're not going to be a soft place. We can't be soft on sin, because sin is what we're to run from. And that's what the nation of Israel, they were trying to be soft instead of doing what God told them to do. And there were consequences. God warned them and said, if you don't repent, 
there will be judgment. There will be consequences. Well, the consequences were these neighboring nations overpowered them. Uh, they became captives. They were exiles to Babylon. And this is where we're at. And the prophet Isaiah is prophesying what it's going to be like for them to return. Now, the people in Israel who were living in exile in Babylon couldn't see it. They was like, there's no way we can return back to our homeland. There's no way God can deliver us uh, from this. And they saw it as impossible. And they were down in the dump. And the prophet Isaiah, this book, brought them a lot of comfort during captivity and also on the way back home. And the prophet Isaiah said this right here. Those who wait upon the Lord, those who wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So what does it mean to wait on the Lord? Um, I did some research, and uh, it, a lot of research says that we spend, if you live on an average of 70 years, you'll spend, and this is conservative, three to five years of that, of that lifespan waiting. Either waiting in line, waiting on hold, uh, waiting on, at the doctor's office, the dentist's office, the DMV, wherever we spend at red lights, we will spend three to five years just waiting. And most of the time when we hear the word wait, we think of it as just being inactive, not doing anything. But this verse right here, the word wait is so much different than that. Uh, there's action to be involved when we're waiting upon the Lord. And I want to explain that. Y'all remember uh, Heinz Ketchup? Uh, I remember these commercials growing up. And Heinz Ketchup, they had the old glass bottle. And the commercials, that Heinz Ketchup be tilted up. And it said, good things come to those who wait. And y'all remember, it took a while for that ketchup to, empty, to come out of that glass bottle. And that's what God is saying in this verse. Good things come to those who wait. All right? Psalms 84.11 says this, For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. See, we got a good God who wants to give good gifts. And He won't withhold those good gifts to His children who have pure hearts, who wait upon Him. So number one, what does the word wait on the Lord means? It's not inactivity. It's just not sitting there, not doing nothing. This is what it means. Number one, it means to serve the Lord. And the picture that I have is of a waiter and a waitress. I think this is a beautiful illustration of what it means to wait upon the Lord. Picture this. You're in a, just put yourself as a waiter and a waitress. You're in a restaurant, but you're about to go wait on God. He's the the customer, all right? And you go to the God and say, hey, uh, here's the menu. You hand him the menu, and he says, no thanks, I got the menu. I wrote the menu. Talking about the Word of God, all right? I wrote it, I know it. Uh, well, sir, what would you like? And he begins to give out his orders. His orders are the Word of God, and he's telling us how to live. And so we leave, we take it back to the kitchen, a.k.a. our life, and we 
fixing it up, or we're going to live it out. All right, we fix his meal, we bring it back, and he enjoys it. And then he leaves, he gives us a tip. And that's what it's like. He gives us his orders. We take it, we live it out. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who puts his trust in him. We live it out. And guess what the tip is? That's the good stuff. That's the reward. See, God's word is for our good. His boundaries is our blessings. That's why I got, young people, don't look at God's word as just a bunch of rules and laws. And even though they are rules, but they're for our good. They're, they're for our protection. They're for our safety. They're for our blessings. So number one, serve the Lord. That's what it means to wait on the Lord. We wait on him. We serve him. Number two, we sit. We soak. We seek with the Lord. Lamentations. I'm just going to skip down to Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is wonderfully good to those who wait for him and seek him. Number three, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? It means to sow to the Lord, to sow to Him, to throw out seeds. Uh, Grant, for his birthday, what he wanted was just seeds. He wanted watermelon seeds, cantaloupe seeds, all kinds of just garden seeds. So we got it. We tilled up the ground. I took a flat shovel. I was, I was like, man, started tilling up the grass in the backyard and... <clears throat> It was just leaving a lot, and I was like, well, I'll just skim off the top. We put a lot of hard work in our little plot of land uh, that we made as a garden. We planted the seeds. We put out per- fertilizer, pot and soil. Uh, we planted the seeds, and now little sprouts are starting to show up. All right? Y- y'all see it? We just didn't wait for a garden to come up. We served the, we served the ground. Uh, we-, we did our part. And now it's starting to show a little bit. But we still got work to do. We still got to put weeds, make sure it don't get choked out. We still got to water it. And so as you're waiting on the Lord, we got to do these things. We have to seek Him. We have to soak in His Word. We have to serve Him. We have to sow. Hosea 10, 12 says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, and you'll reap steadfast love. Galatians 6, 7 and 9, let no one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whoever, whatever one sows, sows, he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit from the Spirit reaps eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And number four, what does it mean to wait upon the Lord? It means to be satisfied in the Lord. Um, so there is some waiting, but we're active while we're waiting for the Lord to come through like we know He's going to come through. All right? Another great thought that I had was a lot of times Addie and Ellis will help us with the other children without us asking. And so we'll hear water running, and we're like, why is that water running? And we'll go up there, and Addie and Ellis are bathing the other children. Oh, we hear the vacuum cleaner. Why is the vacuum cleaner? They're cleaning. And we're like, man. And we know why they're doing it. Uh, Because 
their hope and confidence is when we put the other kids to bed, they get to stay up late and watch a little television. And guess what? It works. All right? The picture is this. They're waiting. They got their hope and confidence. And guess what? They're going to get rewarded for it. They're serving. All right? And guess what? They're finding their satisfaction in it because they know the reward. And when we know that, man, we live for God, there's satisfaction in it because we know that there's blessings, there's rewards. And here's the thing, even if there wasn't, the reward is Jesus. He's all we need. Uh, Jesus is all we need. I mean, he's already paid the price for our sin. We can't pay that on our own. But he's so good. He does, man, give us good gifts. He does give us benefits. I love Psalms 103, 1 through 5. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not his benefits. Listen to this. Who forgives us of our sins, who heals us of our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love, mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. So, that's what it means to wait on the Lord. All right, we serve Him. We seek Him. We sit at His feet. We spend time with Him. We sow seeds of right. We're just doing what He tells us to do. We're sowing those seeds of righteousness. And then we're satisfied with that. We're satisfied in Him. The second thing, why do I need to wait on the Lord in my life? And we're going to go back to Isaiah 40, 31 for this. Number one is for strength. Those who wait upon the Lord, He will renew their strength. What does that word renew? And y'all, this is, when I read what the word renew meant, I got to shouting like you did while Kenny was singing. Y'all, that gave me cold chills. When I heard you shout, I said, he better not shout like that while I'm preaching because we'll get Valley Brook up in here or something, all right? But it means exchange. The word renew means exchange. What do you mean by that? Well, exchange your old clothes for new clothes. Dirty clothes for pure, clean clothes, all right? Weakness, the children of Israel are saying, we can't go back home. There's no, there's no way we can make that journey. There's no way God can pull us out. Where is God? But they exchanged it for hope, for confidence in the Lord. They got the remembering, oh, this is the same God that delivered my forefathers out of Egypt. He split the Red Sea. He crossed us over the Jordan. And that's why we're to tell our children about the good things God has done. Because that renews our strength. The waiting is us telling. The waiting is us reminding ourselves. The waiting is all the stuff I just now said. And when we do that, it renews our... He takes our weaknesses and gives us His strength. We have our hope and our confidence in Him. Number two, it gives us perspective. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. And man, we could spend a whole year talking about the leadership lessons from an eagle. 
but eagles can fly so high they can get above the storms. They, have a diff- they can fly so high they see the world differently. And y'all, I'm telling you, when we spend time with God, we got a different perspective on life. We see things differently. We see the dangers of sin. We see the blessings of waiting. We see the blessings of obedience. We have a total different perspective on life than the world. When, when hard times come, when crisis comes into an eagle's life, they rise above it. They have a different perspective. It's amazing. They have a peace that surpasses all understanding. And the world's watching, and they see this strength, and they're like, man, where's that come from? Well, he's renewed our strength. Number three, it gives us endurance to keep, to keep going, to run and not grow weary. And number four, it gives us direction to walk. In our, in our day-to-day, Monday, thing, Monday things, uh, he gives us direction for everything that we need where we just won't faint. So the last thing, real quick, where do I need to wait for the Lord in my life? And this is what I'm going to sh- maybe share with the graduates next service unless the Lord keeps pulling me towards Psalm 73. Where do I need to wait? Wait on leaving. 70 to 88% of graduates that graduate from high school, when they, before they finish their college freshman year, they're leaving the evangelical churches. 70 to 88%. We got nine graduates today. That means two of them or three will continue the faith. So wait. Wait on leaving. Why are they leaving? I think the answer is in Psalm 73. That's why I'm being pulled toward there. I think there's a strong temptation for us to look the other way. And that's what Psalm 73 is talking about, and that's why I'm excited. Number two, wait on love. I listened to a a Focus on the Family podcast, and I want to encourage y'all, listen to as many Focus on the Family, Family Life, uh, Today, uh, Real Family Life with Dennis Rainey, uh, listen to Family Talk by, listen to Dr. James Dodson, listen to all that stuff as much as you can, because these programs They're just putting out stuff from God's Word to help strengthen families, to help strengthen marriages, to help strengthen parents and grandparents and and everything. And they talk about everything from a biblical perspective. So you get a chance. But I was listening to one, and it was about marriage, and it was about uh, divorce, and it was about uh, uh, premarital, like counseling, And the guy said this on this Focus on the Family. The statistic is seven out of eight couples who live together before marriage never make it. And this was a secular statistic. So secular world is proving what God's word says is true. Seven out of eight. And this is what happens. First four never even make it to the wedding altar. Relationship's over. And when you live together, it's like when you break up, it's like a divorce because you've already came together intimately. All right? The next four, they do make it to the wedding altar, but three of them end in divorce. One of them makes it, 
But they say the one that makes it, apart from Jesus, there's still a lot of struggle. Life is hard, y'all, but we make it harder because of our sin. But I want to tell you, if there's someone here today, you can have hope only through Jesus. But I'm not going to say it's going to be clear-cut easy. But a lot of those who do make it, the ones that make it, there's some boundary. There's some struggles. There's some, um, what am I trying to say? Y'all help me out. There's just some road bumps, challenges because of the sin that they partake in before marriage. God is not mocked. Remember that. Whatever we sow, we will reap. Now, I'm here to tell you this. I ain't got everything I deserved. And there's what, I, I'm telling you, there's where my hope and confidence is. Confidence. I'm so thankful that God hasn't given me everything. God in His grace. And here's what's confusing to young people. They'll see that. Oh, they're living together. Or their parents will be like, oh, we lived together before we got married. Look at us. And it's so confusing. But can I remind y'all something, church? We're free to choose, but we're not free to choose our consequences. Your parents might have got it scot-free out. They might have been blessed, but you might not be blessed. You might not get out that way. Wait on learning. I got to share this quote. Vadi T. Bachman said this, Don't be surprised when we send our children to be educated by Caesar and they come back acting and living like a bunch of Romans. See, our, our kids, wherever they're being educated, that's discipleship. That's discipleship. And so parents of these graduates, if you're here this morning, or grandparents, be careful where you're sending them to college. There are a lot of agendas and doctrinations that are being taught. And man, they're good. They're good at deceiving. Satan's good. Satan's very good. Romans 12 too. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And the last one is wait on the Lord. Put your hope and confidence in the cross. Trust God with your past for forgiveness. Trust God with your future. You, can, you don't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven. And trust God with your presence your sanctification, living life for Him, living in Him, becoming more like Him. I like what, uh, I think his name was A.W. Pink. Uh, he, said, he called it the fourfold of salvation. And he said we're saved from the penalty of sin. We're saved from the power of sin, which is in the present. And we're saved from the presence of sin, which is in heaven. But he added one at the very beginning. And he said, we're saved by the pleasure of sin. And see, when God gives us a new heart, y'all, that's called regeneration. We're saved. Our, our pleasures, what pleases us, changes. God gives us new pleasures. See, our sin, as Christians, when we sin, we don't enjoy it. We shouldn't enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it, evaluate your salvation. Um, because God gives us new pleasures and that's to serve him, to love him and to fear him so I just want to encourage you to wait on the Lord he'll renew your strength he'll mount you up on wings like eagles you'll run and not grow weary 
You'll walk and not faint. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Help us to wait. Help us to serve you, seek you. Help us to sow seeds of righteousness with you. God, we thank you for our students. We thank you for parents, grandparents. And God, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for forgiveness. God, I realize I'm, I'm not soft on sin because I want to warn people. I see what sin does. Sin just destroys. Satan destroys us. But God, there is hope if someone's in their sin this morning. I know there's hope because there's an empty grave. And God, if you can raise someone from the dead, God, if you can raise Jesus from the grave, God, you can deliver anyone, whatever they're walking through. They may be in some kind of addiction, chain, power of sin this morning. And God, they can turn to you. You can resurrect that. You can touch that. If they give it to you, God, you can transform that if we wait on you. So, Lord, help us to put our hope, our confidence in you, in you alone. And, Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we pray and ask all these things in your name. Amen. Sorry for going over. Wait.